Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Wake that, that ass up. up. The Breakfast Club is on right I love coming here. I'm never not going to come here. You guys are good to me. In return, I'm always going to be good to you. For a lot of people in the hip-hop generation, The Breakfast Club is where people get the information on the topics, on the artists, and everything like that. In that aspect, radio is still important. The Breakfast Club. When my name come up, respect it. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Nick. Nick, what up? Get it off your chest, what up, Nick. Nick. Hey, first and foremost, I just want to thank y'all for being here on the radio every morning. I don't even need to drink coffee. All I need here is like, yo, 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 yo. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I need Absolutely. my coffee. Absolutely. Appreciate you, King. Yes, sir. Uh, so I got this problem at work. We got someone who's a supervisor, but their brother also works there. And since they're related to the supervisor, they think they can just boss people around. And they, when everyone that's there is new... They tell them immediately, hey, like, I'm the boss. You got to listen to everything I say. So you got all these people coming in, taking orders from someone that they don't even need to be taking orders from. So I don't know what I should do. I want y'all's feedback. Should I call them out on it? Should I tell someone about it? Or just let his true color show later down the road? Who you going to tell? The, hey, the supervisor's boss. You know what I'm saying? But I don't want to be. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't think that's snitching, man. There's no permanent friends or enemies when it comes to business, man. You at work. You think that person wouldn't hesitate to do that to you? You think if you was doing something wrong, the supervisor would say, well, I don't want to be a snitch. Business is business, man. Yeah. It's meant for you to have that job. You'll have it. Yes, sir. All right. I'm going to have to see what I can do today. All right, bro. Good luck. Word, Nick. Hello, who's this? Yo, yo, what's up? It's Marty Grace. What's up, brother? Get it off your chest. Marty. What's up, up, King? How y'all doing? I'm good. Listen, guys. Yo, Envy. Are you familiar with the shipping container home? Yes, I've seen them before. Okay, I just started a new company called Black Currency, and I get the shipping container homes for $20,000 in China. And they come with bathroom, kitchen, everything, bro. Like, we about to start bringing them over and start building them. Yeah, I've seen that. They oh, even wow. have a show called, like, the shipping container shows where they have the containers and they're all, like, a little village and all, like, a little neighborhood. It looks dope. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Yo, Charlemagne, I got a book series for my daughter, man. You got to check out my Instagram so you can see the series. What's going on? That's public What's the Instagram? Oh, Marty Grace is New York. And yo, Marty NBA, Grace is New York. Yeah. Yo, Envy. I, I see just it. Started, I got the Smart Lock now. I just got my own Smart Lock company. So maybe we can start putting some of these spot locks on some of your your property. You and Angela. Okay, what's the spot lock? I'm looking what's at you, I'm looking at your I'm looking at your smart locks right now. Feel safe smart lock. Yeah, the feel, feel safe smart lock. Yo, I've been trying to hit y'all for like the last two years since the pandemic, but y'all been so busy. <laughs> I know. Well, That's listen, I love the fact that you have this business. Make sure you document yourself building these little homes. Oh yeah, I definitely am, Angela. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. I miss y'all. All right, brother. Peace, good King. luck. Right, Appreciate Marty you. Grace. Hello, who's this? Hi, y'all. What's going on? NBS Nick G from Michigan, man. What's up, Nick, Nick G? What's chest? happening, King? Man, man, look. I had a serious debate with my friends in my group chat yesterday. I don't know how the words is right for the radio, but they said I'm lame because I have never received oral from the back. You never received oral from the back? How old are you, first of all? I'm 33. Hold on. You saying that you never got your buddy? Toss Alex? No, no. No, he no, mean he never no, got he's out from the back. From the back. Yeah. yeah. It might be that you might just be small. My thing is this, though. My thing is this. The positioning of it, like, 
Why would you do that? Toot that thing up, mommy. Make it roll. <laughs> nah. Hey, hey, nah, hey. I, I told my boy, I'm like, bro, nah, that's not something... Like from the side, from the front, yeah. From the I, front, from the start? back to the side. I'm just curious, how did that conversation start? Did one of your guys say, "Hey, who's been on their knees before?" Like, how did that no, conversation happen? No, but, no. How it, how it started? How it started was the homie said, "Y'all won't believe what happened last night." Oh, that's how it usually so, starts. Exactly, and that's how we started. We like, man, you wildin', bro. You, you tripping, bro? I think y'all. I, I want y'all to be more sexually liberated, man. Y'all care too much about what... First of all, if, you in, if you're in the bedroom, right, and you with a woman, and a woman asks to do that, or and you're man. thinking about what your boys think, that within itself is weird. Yeah, Why are you thinking about your boys in that situation? Uh, no, no, no. I don't think anybody was thinking about their boys. I think after the fact, he was surprised that it happened. So he... We, man, we've been growing. We've been friends since we was in sixth grade. Like, we tell each other everything. True. So it's, mm-hmm. just, it's just weird to me, man. It's just, it's just something. But let's keep it real. You thinking about it because he said it was amazing. Yeah, thinking, thinking about, about, it. about it a little bit. He is thinking about it. Let me say that to my wife and see how that work out. What, yeah, suck my dick from the back? It. That's actually disrespectful. A lot of dudes do that when they're really trying to disrespect somebody. Suck my dick from the back. Exactly. Why is that disrespectful? Blessings to you. <laughs> but yeah, listen, in the bedroom, do what makes you feel comfortable. If you don't feel comfortable doing it, don't do it. All right, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. You did. Checking transit path trains on the North to World Trade Center line are delayed both ways because of a train with mechanical issues. And your Bronx found one and two trains are delayed with signal trouble at 18th Street. Route 9 North at Taylor's Mills Road in Manalpin. Left lanes out with a crash. 10 minutes in both decks of the GWB and at the Lincoln, the Holland Tunnels up to 20 and alternate side parking rules are in effect. This report is sponsored by Duncan. The holidays are here, and luckily, Duncan is here to help you sip through every part of them with a peppermint mocha signature latte or a toasted white chocolate signature latte. America runs on Duncan. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer exclusions apply. I'm Cindy Waitman with Total Traffic on Power 105.1. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? No. Freaking way. Freaking way. What's up? Good morning. Who's this? This is Monica from Texas. DJ Envy. Good morning, Monica. Is Charlamagne and Lee Yeah, yes. everybody's here this morning. Queen, morning. how are you? Yo, I love all of you guys. I've been calling for months. I'm sad. I listen to you guys even off the breakfast shows. I listen to all y'all podcasts. But thank you. DJ Envy, I went to your real estate seminar in Houston uh-huh. in 2019. Mm-hmm. Let me say to anybody, like, the money that I paid, I got back after the first person who came up there. Anyways, y'all, I closed on my duplex. Congratulations. Oh, yay. That's exciting. So exciting. DJ MB, I'm um, surprised you didn't cut me off, y'all. He's like, you just hear a cue. He don't even listen to full sentences. As soon as you say something, he'll be like, yeah, I do a real estate seminar. <laughs> yeah. The next real estate here. seminar is going to be. <laughs> no, well, congratulations, yeah. Monica. How much did you have to put down? You put down three and a half. Did you do an FHA loan or regular loan? Yep, I did an FHA loan. Um, I did an FHA loan. I had to put down about $3,500. And how much was the property? Yeah, I went through your guy. Um, what's his name? Matt. Oh, Matt. I went through his company. Okay. 
it was a really cool process. Like, I'm just, I'm so happy. It's such a blessing. Like, I'm the first person to own anything in my family. Congrats. Like, to this day, right now, my parents are staying in apartments. How much was your property? How much did you pay? Um, the full cost of it was 342 Look at that. $342,000, and you had to put down $3,500. Yeah, and it ended up appraising over that price. So, I mean, it was just such a blessing. The, the sellers, like, they really worked with me because I'm not going to lie. The FHA loan is um, tedious. It very <laughs> it is. It is. A lot. And if they were looking to liquidate, they could have easily, you know, pushed me off to the side and went with somebody else because a conventional loan would have been quicker. But I'm just, I'm very thankful. I'm very blessed. I came in at the right time, right before the market went right back up. That's great. 2.5% interest. Like, it's just Congratulations. I love love to hear that. You know, it's funny. Every time I tell somebody, they're like, no, you can't. No, you can't. I'm like, "Uh, I know people that do it all the time. And I'm glad, you know, we were able to help you get your first property. Congratulations. Yo, DJ Enviala just listened, like, literally, I just listened to Drink Champs, the one with you and Angela Yee on there. <laughs> oh, my gosh, this is crazy. I'm such fans. I love all of you guys. Charlamagne, I bought your book, the one with you sitting in the chair. Black I Privilege. I read it. Oh, I thank you. I read it, though. I, but I bought it. I you appreciate time, the support. Girl. You got time in your new I house. How many to... people is buying your book just because, like, they're fans of you? I, you guys are amazing. Y'all do talk about ratchet things, but you also <laughs> All right, you now, know, bring now, light to a lot of um, a lot of ways to make money. You guys have a lot of good people on there, and you put a lot of people on. There's a lot of people I wouldn't have even known or paid attention to um, that are helping people like me. And so. I'm oh, so appreciative for y'all. Keep doing what you're doing. Well, now you got to teach somebody how to, how, to, how to buy a crib now. That's what you got to do now. Now you got to teach somebody else how to buy a crib, right? Exactly. All right, Monica, you have a good morning. You too. You bye. made me feel good this morning. I'm glad you got your crib. Congrats, Mama. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hello, who's this? Yo, this is Jay from Virginia Beach with the Good Breakfast Club. Jay from V Beach. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Yo, I just wanted to call up, man, and say, first of all, good morning, Miss Yee. Good morning, morning. Charlamagne. Good morning, Envy. Morning. Peace, I, King. Um, man, yeah, when you was talking about um, North, about um, Virginia and the malls, yo, military circle back in the day in the early 90s when it was jumping, they would always push us out the mall. We wow. started clamoring around too much or whatever. They'd always push us out. Yeah, but it created a bad situation out there. I remember all the time that the police would harass the kids and harass the teens, and it was usually only black kids. I mean, military circles oh, yeah. was only black kids, but same thing with the, with the mall in, in Hampton. It was the same thing. It, it, and yeah, it was yeah, yeah. yeah, Coliseum Mall. Yeah. yeah, Coliseum was the same thing, man. But I um I just want to say to each two, um, to all three of y'all, man, I appreciate everything that y'all do and give to the community, um, especially in the 757 area. To the people listening, if y'all don't, pick up on the gems that the Breakfast Club is dropping to y'all, man, on entrepreneurship, um, um, investing in your communities, and mental health, man, y'all really missing the boat. I really want to say I appreciate all everything that y'all do. Oh, on top of it, yo, to East Baltimore, what's good people, stand <laughs> up, East Baltimore, stand up. East Baltimore, Baltimore. I ain't hear you voice. say yeah. yeah. You know how it is, it's always <laughs> with the you. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good one, man. I was with Jess Hilarious yesterday. I'm like, why you ain't saying you? As soon as I said it. We got something special going on with the 7572. We got a big project that we're working on. I can't wait to announce that as well, man. Shout out to everybody in Hampton University, Norfolk State. Virginia Union, all the Virginia schools, all right? Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. 
Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee. Follow me in the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got some special guests joining us this morning. That's right. One of them has been here a whole lot. Super friend yes. to the room. Uh, our guy, Mike Epps. Another is a legend who I'm mad. It's the first time we ever talking to her on Breakfast Club, and it's via damn Zoom. That's right. Wanda Sykes, welcome. Good morning. Good morning. I mean, I, finally, I made it. I made it to the <laughs> Breakfast Club. You should have been here in person. That's what you should have been. <laughs> what did I have to do to get here? And like you said, it's, it's Zoom. Wanda, when I saw you... with Mike Epps and get a show on Netflix as, as number one and... I finally make it to the Breakfast Club. I saw you. I saw you uh, at Tiffany Haddish's 40th birthday party in December of 2019, and you said you was coming to Breakfast Club. And then, then here come COVID. I know, right? But, Wanda, uh, if you would have if you would have caught a gun charge a long time ago, you'd have been on there. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Mike. We are celebrating good news, though, with the new show, The Upshaws. I like the good news, because uh, Paige Absolutely. has been telling me about this show for quite a while because he was on the show. So he kept talking it up, talking it up. And you know how somebody talks about something, you're like, all right, when is the show coming out already? But it's out. And so congratulations on how well it's doing on Netflix. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Angela. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I thank y'all. Thank, thank the fans. Thank y'all for, for watching, man. Like I was saying, y'all just not binging it. Y'all are devouring it. I mean, that's like, amazing. Pe people are like watching it like two or three times. It's, it's, it's amazing. Hey, let me ask y'all a question, man, before we get started. Cause you know, we just did come out of a pandemic. I guess we still in it, but mm -hmm. how are y'all? And I want an honest answer. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. It, you know, I've I've been through a lot. You know what I mean? I've been through. I lost both my parents Damn. in December, Damn. and you know, previous to that, we was all on home detention. We was locked down, mm -hmm. so it's been rough for me. But you know, my I got so much faith in God. I ain't gonna let nothing stop me. I got to stay down. I'm doing what they wanted me to do. You know what I mean? And let's be good. Let's be successful. And, Mm -hmm. And be happy, you know what I mean? Hey, I'm sending you healing energy, Mike. Damn, absolutely, brother. brother. Yeah, Mike. Mike has Mike has really, you know, been through it, and uh, and I, I think it was it was cool that we, you know, weren't just doing a show about a, a about a family. You know, I've I've known Mike for years, so it's like it's like we're family, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, so we all, you know, was supporting him, keeping him lifted up, but. He's he's a strong brother. He really is, and and he has, and like you said, that faith in God, and uh, it, it it got us all through, you know. And uh, I'm you know I'm I'm dealing with the I got the, the the kids and everything and all, but it's uh you know we just feel we just feel blessed, really. Mm -hmm. I mean you know right. it's hard, and then and, and we mm -hmm. we're not gonna sugarcoat it. I mean a lot of people went through depression, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I had oh, some yeah. issues, you know, dealing with it because. It, it was just we've never experienced something like this, you know. Like Mike saying, like That's holding right. and and then when you see all these people losing their lives, I know so many friends who've lost people also, right. and uh, you 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 feel blessed, but but you also are like just it's just sad. You just feel sad, and then all the stuff we were going through with the with from George Floyd on and before mm -hmm. that, you know, it was just. Dang, it was just feels like like when like the camel's about to break, man. All right, when we come back, we have more with Wanda Sykes and Mike Epps. They're on the new Netflix series, The Upshores Don't Move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. 
Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're kicking it with Wanda Sykes and Mike Epps. Charlemagne? So you were EP on this show too, right? Yeah, EP and uh, and uh, co-creator with Regina Hicks. How, how, how is the approach different when you're the EP and co-creator and you starring it? How is your approach to the to the role different? Um, well, you know, I've, I've been in this position before, so it was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the writer's room and, uh, you know, getting the scripts together and everything. And then when I'm, but when I'm on stage and performing, I, I, I try to, you know, I, I turn that other part off so we can, you know, so I can make the, make the performance. But when, um, when I'm not in the scene, then I get back behind the monitors and, you know, and, and watch everything. Mm. But um, it was cool working with Mike because, mm. you know, like encourage him to like, hey, man, if this, this how would you say this if this doesn't sound right to you? Or, you know, Mike, you got a better joke for this. So it was it was just um, real cool, very collaborative. Absolutely. Gonna... It looks like y'all probably had a lot of fun on set too, working together. Like that looked yeah. like a fun. It was fun. It was fun showing up every morning with Wanda and Kim and Paige. And I mean, it was it was almost like summer school. You remember how fun summer school used to be? No, no, I don't. I do. <laughs> that was not fun. I mean, you don't have to go all day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just there for a couple hours. I hated being there, but I get what you're saying. It was fun. <laughs> I had to go for seventh grade, eighth grade, and ninth grade. Three years in a row with my dumb ass. Wow. Summer school. <laughs> well, Wanda, thank you so much for checking in to Mike Epps. We appreciate you. I, also, Mike Epps, I want to say thank you. You know, uh, when The Breakfast Club first started, you were one of the comedians that came on and you rocked with us when a lot of people did not. You remember, we just seen a skit that you did. I think it was like our first skit. You remember that skit? Where you knocked yeah. out the, the girl's hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, not only that, Mike used to Mike used to have me host his um his I don't know if that was Easter Sunday. It was a show you used to do at the garden every year for about three, four years. And Mike used to oh, always yeah. have me host it, man. I appreciate that's, that's that. That's a tough crowd. That's a tough crowd to host in front of when you're not a comedian. Yeah, that not has for to be me. All I had to do was say, Come into the stage. <laughs> Y'all ready for Mike Epps? Make some noise. Got love for the Breakfast Club, man. Love. That's Breakfast Club love, baby. I, I'm just honored I finally made it here, man. No, Thank you got to come to the studio, Wanda. We need no, you in no, the studio. We are, we are honored, and I would be so excited for you to come up in person. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, thank you. All right. We love y'all. Love. Right, love y'all. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Put an end to junk sleep. Shop Mattress Firm's Black Friday sale and unjunk your sleep today. Save up to $500 on top-rated brands, plus pair the mattress of your dreams with a free adjustable base with qualifying purchase. See or visit a store for details. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're asking. This comes from Little Duval. Little Duval wanted to know, what uh, celebrity you think your mama mess with? It is very interesting watching these comments under Little Duval's post because I did not realize that so many people's mothers messed with so many celebrities, but it makes all the sense in the world, right? Like when you go back and you watch all of these old videos, uh, you see these women that they used to call groupies. Those are people's mamas and grandmas now. Can I, can I read some of them right fast? Sure. 
All right. One person said Lorenz Tate. My I grandma said he used to be at the crib with my mom's after school. I saw that one. Somebody said Creflo Dollar. Creflo Dollar? Yeah. Somebody said Usher. They went to school together, plus I have the pics. Plus I got pictures. Somebody yeah. said Little John. Of course, she told me. Somebody said, Somebody I said seen... Bob Marley. Somebody did say Bob Marley. Because my mama told me. Somebody said, uh, I seen Big Tigger at my house in Virginia one night. So y'all be thinking them kids be asleep. Y'all ain't know them kids were paying attention and 20 years later, they remember your face. Yeah. Now, uh, somebody said R. Kelly. Uh, now, that was a... crazy. Somebody I... said that their mama was in the dressing room with R. Kelly and all R. Kelly had on was his boxes and he was sitting a little too comfortable. Yep. And then somebody under, the, somebody under that comment said, I bet she got peed on. Yo, CC, I played too much. Somebody said that for real. Yeah, I played too much. All right. Uh, somebody said my mama got caught texting uh, Chi Chi from Scarface. Who is Chi Chi? Chi Chi get the yayo? Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, somebody says uh, Michael Jackson. That's crazy when you look up and you see your mama in an Uncle Luke video, bro. Oh my your goodness. mama was in a Yang Yang Twins video. You know she got aired up. Well, let's go to the phone line. And another one said Patrick Ewan and Keith Sweat. God damn your mama a <laughs> hoe. Stop it, man. Oh, stop it. All right, let's go to the phone lines. 800-585-1051. Hello, who's this? Hello. This is, oh, I don't want to say my name. That's right. Don't say your name because you about to air your mom out. All right. So so who who your mama used to mess with? The legendary Who? Prince, Prince, Prince. Oh, Prince. Oh, Prince. Prince. Okay, I'm not mad at that. Hey, I'm gonna tell you something. Prince was blocking that from the grave because that did not come out the first time you said that. <laughs> How you know she messed with Prince? Me and my mama are very open, so know that they Her phone breaking. Prince does not want this phone call to no, be aired, so let's move on. Yes, let's go. Right. Hello, who's this? This is Ben. Hey, Ben, man. What celebrity do you think your mama messed with? I know that she slept with Brett, the hitman heart. <laughs> really? How do you know this for sure? Uh, so we all went to a show. I was like three years old. And we saw uh, Brett, the hitman heart at Denny's after the show. And I was with my mom and uncle. Bret Hart asked my mom if she wanted to go back to the hotel and play checkers with him. <laughs> So my uncle took me home. My mom went back. <laughs> did, did you ever ask your mama if she oh, had man. sex with Brett the Hitman Hart? Of course I did. Of course and I did. And what she said? She said, hell yeah, she got on there. Man, drop one of the clues bomb for, you, for Bret Hart putting your mama in the sharpshooter. Yo, goodness. That is crazy. amazing, man. You just leave your kid that at Denny's to go play amazing. checkers? That is an amazing story. Hey, bro. Right, right. I had to call it and let y'all know. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Have man. a good All day. Right. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to double caller. Hello, who's this? This is Shay. Hey, Shay. Hey, Shay. Now, who your mama used to mess Hi. with? <laughs> Hi, DJ Envy. Um, so my mom used to deal with Nico from Love and Hip Hop. And how she even found out he was on the show was that she was watching it with her man. And she was like, oh, my God, that's not real. And he, he like bans her from watching Love Who is Nico? Yeah, who's Nico? You don't know who Nico is. The one who was swinging from the shower ride with... With Mimi. Mimi. Yeah, that was Mimi's boyfriend. Your mama had sex with Nico? Yes, she did. And then, so everybody's been saying that he was gay or whatever. And my mom was like, he wasn't gay when I was little. Why is she telling people this? Why is she, tell, wow. why is she telling people this? It's a good story. I, well, listen, it was, a, it was a good story. He was on Love Hip Hop. 
Were you were you calling from? I'm I'm calling from Brooklyn, and I'm actually in front of my kids' school. My little girl thinks this is so funny that I'm on the Breakfast Club. Hey, I'm gonna tell you something. I, I want better for you and your mom. I just want <laughs> to throw that out there, okay? I'm I'm, 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 I'm I'm hanging up this phone, praying for for better days for you and your mom. Okay. Anyway, I love you guys, and I wish you guys continued success. Thank you for answering. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Nico ain't that old though. Nico like forty something, already. Her mama might be like forty something. We old, you know. When are you gonna realize this? You could be forty six years old and have a twenty one year old daughter. I guess you're right. Yes. Why'd you change your outfit again? Grandfather. Why you change your outfit again? I think you on drugs. All right. But what's the moral of this story? The moral of the story is, uh, you know, every woman that you love in your life at some point in time has has rolled some. You know what I mean? Your mama, yeah. your grandma, I'm serious, your aunts. They all had a life, bro. Unless your mom was with your dad and that's the only person she's been with, well, right? That's probably her her story and she's sticking to it. <laughs> all right, we got more Don't Move. It's the best of The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building, Pete Davidson. Superstar. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very PDD. much. Pete Davidson, what's happening, my brother? Nothing, man. Just struggling to grow a mustache. Oh, so you're actually trying to grow it out? I couldn't I'm, tell if you were sha- you shaved it or not. No, I'm trying for the... I'm filming this thing, and uh, they were like, can you grow a mustache? And apparently, no. So it's, a, so it's a movie? Yeah, it's a movie. It's a horror movie that uh, we shoot in like a few weeks. So I'm hoping it comes in by then. Yeah. How you yeah. been during the pandemic, brother? Uh, I had, I've been okay now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a rough go at the beginning, but mm-hmm. luckily SNL came back. So like I luckily had some sort of normalcy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you felt that way with the show and stuff. Absolutely. But, uh, I think I you know was one of the spoiled ones during the pandemic where I got to work and uh, it kept my mental good so i'm good now but it's this is a time absolutely i saw last night was it last night you were at dinner with elon musk yes all this controversy around elon musk and snl so why did you guys discuss it yeah i don't understand i'm like why is this we didn't discuss it at all because we're all just like why is i just don't understand why this is the dude everyone's so freaked out about i I he thought was, I missed something. I did. He, I, like, did I was Elon like, did, say something? Did he do something? Yeah, like, I was like, what did he do? Uh, I, I, he's just like a, you know, really wealthy businessman that makes like, you know, nerd yeah. shit. Like, I don't, I don't know. He's really nice. He's, I, I, I'm excited. So is there any truth that the cast of SNL is like upset and refusing to film with him and all this other shit? Nobody that I with. Mm-hmm. Everybody's kind of been like, yo, who's the guy that's so pissed yeah. off because <laughs> yeah. we cause we're on a group text so we're all just everybody's like i don't know that's what michael chase said i wonder if somebody just put that out there just to build up buzz for him being on this show hey you know how social media and all yeah. that said that you know people like mm-hmm. controversy and people like uh to quote michael kane people like to watch the world burn that's sometimes, right you know you you were living in in, in uh your mom's basement yeah, yeah during yeah. the pandemic right salute to, salute to amy yeah oh, amy why did you choose to stay there uh well I was about to move out I li- I lived on my own from like seventeen to twenty four twenty five mm-hmm. and then got wild so I moved home and stayed with my mom and uh, I was getting ready to move out and then the pandemic happened and I was like yeah we should all just you know stay together my sister stayed and then we all just recently moved out but it was really nice and we all got a bunch of dogs 
And that was really cool. See, that makes perfect sense, mm-hmm. though. We was having this conversation yesterday because uh, our friend Ebony Williams <laughs> was saying how she was upset her fiancé didn't want to stay with her. He wanted to stay with the kids. And I'm like, well, that's his kids. During right. a, a pandemic, you want to be with your right. family, your closest people, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I didn't want to be alone. Yeah. You know? And I don't know how to cook or anything like that. <laughs> so, yeah. It was really, really nice. Did you feel better moving out? Yeah, I feel good now. It felt, well, I, you know, like, I, even though I had a cool setup down there, at some point I was like, I am living with my mom. You know, like, on some level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On some level, like, I am, like, you know, it's it's a weird thing, you know? So uh, I had to get out of there. But it's got to be different for you, though, because, I mean, you help with the, I'm sure you're helping with the bills, right? Well, it's, yeah, I mean, I bought it with her. Yeah, you uh, bought the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not like, yeah, I'm not, but, you know, it's still like, you know, you wake up and your mom's there and, you know, you're taking, like, a dump and she's, like, screaming and you, you can't hear her because you're in the bathroom. Yeah. It's just, like, a situation I don't want to be in at, like, 27. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it weird for you that every move you make and everything you do gets, like, documented and all press? Yeah, I don't understand it because, like, I really, I don't have social media at all. So, like, I've made it very clear that 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 type of lifestyle is really not what I'm about. Like, I'm not, like, online being like, you know, so I I really don't understand the appeal. But uh, I really just feel bad for, like, people I'm close to and, like, you know, my family because they got they got to read that stuff. You know, I don't think that people realize that, like, it's like a chain reaction. Like, it doesn't only affect the person. Like, everybody involved around them is kind of affected. And it's not not really fair. But I don't know. I hope it stops. It has to. It'll stop soon. So there'll be another. (laughs) Yeah, there's got to be another. You should hope not. There's got to be another kid. Listen, there's a lot of people people don't care about, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm serious. Right. I know. There's I people know. that's in movies, TV shows, everywhere, and nobody cares what right. they do. <laughs> so you should be grateful that they care. I am very grateful. I just, I, I definitely, I don't understand to the extent that they go. Like, if it was just about the work, that would yeah. be super cool. But it's like, it's about like weird stuff. What is your pickup lines? Like, how do you approach women? Because a lot of guys could use some advice. And I would love to know, like, what is your approach? How, how when you're interested in somebody, how do you approach them? I am just uh, very, very honest. I think, like, what a lot of people do is they try to put on uh, their, you know, not even their best self, but, like, almost a version of themselves that they would like to be. Mm-hmm. Eventually that will unravel, you know? So I just off the top I'm like hey I'm nuts here's all my issues here's what I do here's the therapist this is what happens and that could either be a lot for someone or it could be you know they they could you know most of the time people going through the same thing they could be or they could be like cool that was really refreshingly honest Uh, or sometimes it could be a little intense and weird and people can't handle that stuff but I think always going into it honest and like just not playing any of the games like any of the text games or the I won't hit you up for a certain amount of hours because I don't I want to mm. seem busy. <laughs> you know, like if I'm if I'm in if, <laughs> no, if I'm into you, like I'm really into Word you. Word up. Are the, are the folks in Staten Island still mad at you for what you said in a about the bar? Yeah, in December. <laughs> I mean, I I said that and then like the next day the guy like ran over a cop. Yeah, <laughs> which wasn't really a good response. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I love Staten Island. Obviously, I live there still. Like, I'm a comedian. I pick at stuff. 
I make fun of myself and where I'm from. I don't think it's fair to pick at other stuff and not be able to pick at your own stuff. Word. Uh, but there's some there's some people on Staten Island that are some interesting people, and yeah. uh, you got you got to deal with you just got to deal with it. I don't give a about those people, uh, and I I just hope. They stop doing stuff like that. How do they treat you when you're moving around Staten Island? Though? Honestly, ninety yeah. percent of the time, super positive. But like you know, there's that. Uh, there's a little. There's just like that bad. It thing. might be jealousy though, especially you know when you the, the movie King of Staten Island. Yeah, great film. You know what I mean? Salute to Judd Apatow. Thank but you. They, they might get mad at the fact you labeled yourself King. Yeah, you I like mean? how people thought that that was my idea for the title. <laughs> my idea for the title was the worst. The worst. And Judd was like, "No, that, no, that is that is horrible." He was like, "He was like, this is a, a film, so we're gonna call it the King of Staten." I was like, "All right." I think being shirtless on a poster that says the King of Staten Island and you're like this would that would be aggravating. A bit to arrogant. See. It could be a bit. I, I can see how somebody can say it's a bit arrogant. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I yeah. can see that for sure. All right, we got more with Pete Davidson. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with comedian and from Saturday Night Live, Pete Davidson. Charlamagne? You doing the Audible original hit job? Yes. Right? The audio scripted mm-hmm. show? Uh, uh, Audible original with Kiki Palmer. It's a workplace comedy. It's about uh, two people that work at a uh, place that uh, hires people to kill the most dangerous people in the world. And uh, it's it's really funny and fun, and I had fun working with Kiki. It was kind of like this. It was the first thing I I got to do during the pandemic. So we were both just so thrilled to like be around another person, and uh, it's really fun. And I I think there's twelve thirty minute episodes. Now, what made you want to do that? Because you do TV, you do film. Why the yeah. Audible original? Well, first I want to be like you and like Kevin Hart, and just like we're doing okay. You guys, guys just like. <laughs> It's like a lot of bags, you know? <laughs> I would have loved to have that hit job show. My God. There's a lot of bags around <laughs> that you could. No, I think expanding the brand yeah. is wonderful. I mm-hmm. I also love voiceover work because, like, if it's great, it's great. If it doesn't work out, your face isn't on it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, who gives a <laughs> shit? You know what I mean? Like it's, like, it's like nobody's ever been mad at someone for a cartoon. And you got, you got rid of a bunch of your tattoos, right? Yeah, I've been removing them because uh, it's just like, it takes like three hours to cover all of them. And uh, oh. and, and then when you're watching the movie, you could kind of tell the skin just kind of looks weird. So I just figured I'd burn them off. You've it's, been doing the laser surgery? Joe? Yeah, it sucks. Like they put goggles on you. And uh, so you're just like in the dark. And then your doctor like has to announce the tattoo before he lasers it because he wants to make sure I want to get rid of that one. So it's like kind of embarrassing because I'll just be in the dark and all of a sudden you'll hear uh, uh, Stewie Griffin smoking a blunt. <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah. And he'll be like, all right. And then just start lasering it. And it's just like really embarrassing. How old were you when you got your first tattoo? Yeah, I was 16 or 17. And it was uh, me and my buddy Ricky got Swerve Life tattooed on our our knees uh because uh that big sean song where he said swerve at the the time we it was like huge and we were like swerve we were like that's that's forever that's life (laughs) so that's what y'all used to say like it was swerve life yeah so we got it on our knees and i actually showed 
uh, Big Sean. He thought it was really funny. Why the knees, uh, though? <laughs> well, Swerve Life, we put it on our knees because uh, on the right leg, because that's the acceleration <laughs> leg on the gas pedal. <laughs> <laughs> We were, that is very well thought out. And we were swerving. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I was 16. I didn't know. I, I thought what it was, did Big Sean say when you showed it to him? He was like, you're a f- moron. No, he was like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I think, the like, ni- weird. I think that's the nicest thing he could have said yeah. was, oh, wow. Where did you see him at? That you just pulled your leg out? Dr. We just, uh, we, we tag, text exchanged. Uh, he's a good guy. You said you said in the beginning, the beginning of the pandemic, it was really rough for you. What, what, what do you mean by that? I was working a lot, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden nothing, and then like I was in my mom's basement alone with my thoughts for like three to four months, and then was just doing press about like, you know, for the movie, and it was just like dad stuff. It was like your dad's dead. How's that feel? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just movie autobiographical about your dad. Your dad, dead, 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 dead. Yeah. And I was just like. And I'm on Zoom, and I'm just f***ing, and I hear my mom upstairs, and I'm just like, oh, this is a nightmare. It kept re-triggering you, basically. Yeah, it kept re-triggering me, and then, like, you know, I'm, like, super insecure about, like, you know, I make jokes about my dad being dead or tell stories about him to, because, one, I want him to live on, and, two, I think making a joke about something like that, and if he could get a laugh out of it, it kind of... It's a little healing, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm super insecure. People are like, oh, you talk about your dad to be famous. And I'm just like, I, I don't I don't think so. <laughs> talk about your dad because that's your dad. This is my dad. Part yeah. of your life. I, 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 I believe it or not, I haven't lived very long and I don't have very much <laughs> to talk about. So I take from what I know, criticizer. But yeah, man, I, I'm I'm work, you know, I was super insecure and. Still am a little bit, but like got a lot, got a lot better, got a lot of help, and uh, luckily, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, I don't know if you did this where you like tiered your friends, yeah, where during the pandemic, uh, Angela, I don't know if you did that where you were like, okay, mm-hmm. these are like fourth tier friends, these are like friends that you, <laughs> that like these oh, are friends yeah, that yeah, are yeah, like, yeah, oh, we're all out, like, okay, I'll have a drink with that person, and like we pretend like we're friends, but we're not. And then there's like third tier friends where it's just like you guys used to be really tight, but you're not anymore, but you still keep in touch because you feel guilty, yeah. right? And then there's second tier friends who think that they're first tier friends, but they're not. And then there's <laughs> then there's yeah. your real friends. I did that. Yeah. I tiered my friends out, and then it made me like kind of just, I was like, my family's important. These four people are important. And, you know, now I'm going to try and work and have have some fun. Stop yeah. being so hard on myself. Yeah, I don't know if I tiered people. You know what I said? Like, it's certain people that you check on. You know what I'm saying? You check on often. Right. And I guess people you saw during the pandemic. Right. I mean, you couldn't see everybody, but if right. you were close enough to see a person, no, even right. if you saw them once, yeah. you're like, okay, that's my that's my, that's my, my folks. Oh, yeah. I and actually got, got closer. I got closer with certain people during the pandemic. I didn't see a I lot had of people now that I think about it. Though. I, no. I live by myself, so I think it's different, you know, for me. Like, if people have families or they're married, obviously that's who you're with. Right. But when you live by yourself, you have to make sure that you interact with people, right? Because that can really just make you feel just so insane. Like, you have to see people. And so there's people that I never really got a chance to spend time with like that. Like, one of my friends came and stayed with me for months during oh, the pandemic. Nice. 
Yeah, so now we're really tight. And we were always cool, but we weren't as close as we are now thanks to the pandemic. Your pandemic buddies. Yeah, that's my pandemic bestie. Yeah. No, that's interesting because I'm thinking yeah. about it. I'm like, who did I... We saw each other like once. You came to the house we, once. We do a couple phone calls. We do phone calls. We do Texas. like a monthly checkup. FaceTime, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, um, But... I saw Angela Rye. It was pretty low key for me. <laughs> it was pretty low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah besides, yeah. If besides family and like you know, seeing my grandparents from across Same. the street for the first six months. Uh, yeah, it was pretty. I might have saw six people. Yeah, you, Angela, Dolly, Ashley. I did. I did move around a lot. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't. I went to Mexico. I didn't at all. I went to go see Dave Chappelle in Yellow Springs. That's a cool. Of oh, times. I heard that was awesome. That, that's yeah, that's gotta be amazing. cool when you could just take over a town. You could do that in Staten Island. They, mm -hmm. I, I, maybe. You could Dave, easily do Dave, that in Staten like, Island. But Dave, like, runs Ohio. Yeah, like, yeah, Like, Dave yeah. is, like, like he might as well be, <laughs> He like owns a lot of stuff. Yeah. 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 Now, Eminem hit you, too, after you played him on SNL. Yes, sir. What was that conversation like? I, uh, he uh, said a bunch of really nice things that he didn't have to say. So, uh, you know, just through, you know, teams reached out, and uh, I just said thanks. And, uh, yeah, he, he was really nice. He just was, like, I, 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 Appreciate the raps. I thought they were cool, and you know, I was like, "I think you're really cool. This is really cool for me." And uh, thank you. And then it got off the phone as immediately. I don't know if <laughs> you guys are like that, but when you talk to like someone that cool or like legendary, Awkward. you're just like, "Okay, you, I got what I needed, and I don't want you to hate me." And bye. Like, <laughs> I just like, yeah, I just am right. so afraid to. <laughs> Up. The, and um, the ending is always the worst, right? You just don't know how to end it. You're like, I, all right, thanks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that's why. I, <laughs> yeah, texting is sometimes better for stuff like that. All right, well, don't move. We got more with Pete Davidson when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with comedian and from Saturday Night Live, Pete Davidson. Yee. Now, Pete, you know what I wanted to ask you about um, SNL and your past experience? Yeah. I know that there was some criticism you had of them, but obviously you're still on the show, so you guys have yeah, rectified yeah, yeah. whatever was wrong. So did that help when you publicly spoke about it and then they were like, okay, how can we fix this? Like, what happened? So I did that with, with you. Yep. Matter of fact, let's flash back to that, that that interview we did, Pete. Now, when it comes to being the butt of the jokes at SNL, why not just tell them they can't joke on your personal life? Because then, like, I'm a hypocrite. Like, I can't tell. That's what they do. That's their show. Like, if I'm just fodder now, though, maybe mm -hmm. I shouldn't be there. Have so, you expressed that? Yeah. I literally was just like, picture what it's like to be made fun of and then cut to immediately. They think I'm dumb. Like, I'm literally painted out to be like this big, dumb idiot. So you've outgrown it, is what you're saying? Yeah, I've, I've done as much as I can over there. I was like fresh out of rehab and like not really thinking clearly. And, you know, I was cert definitely feeling a certain type of way, uh, but I didn't really handle it in the best way. It was definitely a learning experience because like the backlash or like the, not, not backlash or just like what I had to deal with following that kind of sucks so like the mature thing would have been to like internally deal with that and be like hey i feel this way and then they would have been like oh hey actually it's all in your head or like we hear you we'll make this work i don't think um, you were being malicious in that conversation i, I wasn't no i just definitely just i definitely expressing how you felt felt a certain type of way you know you didn't um, call nobody by name yeah you just said you don't like you know the way yeah. things are sometimes but 
now I feel really happy and lucky to be there. I've, you know, I apologize to the cast, you know, for, you know, letting it out in that way and not, you know, coming to them and they were cool with it. And, uh, yeah, I, I, because of that, I think I've, I'm having my, the most fun I've had one because of the ability. Can't believe I get to work. And then two, it's just like, I feel really relaxed there now. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. no like, uh, tension. You know? So maybe it was good it happened. No matter how much gossip cop tries to bring me down, <laughs> things are all peachy at Dirty Rock, baby. Did, they, did that make the group chat go off? Like, so Pete, who's the cast members that uh? You yeah, know they started a like side shit. group chat. No, no, that's that when was... they started a side group chat without you in it, and they're like, "Yo, did you see what he was Stop doing?" Stop, yeah, you gonna give Pete anxiety? Stop. Oh, I have such. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> no, Colin. I remember Colin came up to me the day after that came out. He was like, "I don't feel that way about you, buddy." <laughs> I was like, "Oh no!" Is <laughs> everybody thinking what? The um, <laughs> that was good though. It was. I think it was healthy. It was good in a lot of ways where I got to learn and you know how I could. Now I feel like I handle things better. You you know what would help that if like because you know mental health matters everywhere, right? If they had yeah. on these sets, if instead of like meetings where y'all go over writing, y'all just had meetings to see how everybody feels. Yeah. If they brought everybody together and just be like. How does everybody feel? Yeah. Good, bad, happy, sad, whatever. And then people could express themselves in those moments. If more companies did that, more programs did that, I think it would help a lot. It would help a lot. It's le- like it, The problem with that is like uh, it just sounds lame. So like people yeah, on, people online will be like, oh, you need to have a meeting about your feelings? They don't it's have like, to know, though. It's like, yeah, dude. Yes. <laughs> yes. I do. <laughs> what do you think therapy is? I'm really sad. I yes. think therapy is meetings about our feelings. It would take five minutes. Hey, everybody everybody good? Anything, anybody mad or upset about anything? Anybody want to fix anything? <laughs> and then, you know, go on with your day. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. you give everybody, maybe give everybody edibles and then, you know. Yeah. Like- Microdosing mushrooms. Yeah, you did that recently. Yeah, I switched to to acid instead of doing the mushrooms. I I I find that it's more fun. Really? Yeah. But that's when you put the little paper under your tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. It hasn't changed since the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> Doing that's the one thing that'll never change. The way you do drugs, whenever your people still blowing up blow, and it'll never change. <laughs> what do you? What does it do? What does it do for you? I mean, for me, it makes me more mellow and appreciative of things and kind of relax and uh, enjoy music more. But, uh, you know, some people, I don't know, I've never had this experience, but some people are like, oh, my God, I saw a dragon. I was like, I don't know what you're doing. I have. I saw Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. And um, (laughs) we were playing charades. And so my friend's boyfriend like was trying to act something out and he turned into Eeyore. And then I all of what? a sudden was in Alice in Wonderland and then the chair turned into like a nice friendly like bear that wanted to give me a hug. It was it was interesting. That's see, that sounds awesome. That's never happened to you even on shrooms? No, never. I don't know. Maybe I just did them too much. Yeah. The first time I ever did it, I remember being like, Whoa, man. But like ever since then I never got like that. I always tell people if you're not in a good mood, you can't do it because you'll have bad hallucinations and it could be a really bad experience. If you're like trying to forget something or you're going through something tragic, sometimes it makes it worse. Yeah, you got to be in a a positive uh, mood and and with like at least someone that's cool uh, and that's like down. Otherwise, you're going to have a really bad time. uh, Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad. When's that coming up? August 7th, I think. Is that going to be in theaters or is it? 
I think theaters and HBO Max. Okay, okay, okay. At the same time, or HBO Max for a month and then only theaters. Now, but that's a big f***ing movie, bro. That's sick. What's the character you playing? Yeah, uh, Blackguard. His name is Richard Hertz, which is uh, <laughs> Dick Hertz. Dick Hertz. <laughs> yeah. That's how it is in the, that's how it is in the comic book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for real. Uh, um, Dick Hertz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you know... Of course, if I ever get to play a superhero, of course his name would be Dick Hurts. But, uh, <laughs> dude, it's one of those things that I still am just like. It would, when I got to shoot it, it was the first time I was like, wow, this is some Hollywood. Like, That's got to be your biggest one, right? Yeah, I was like, yeah. I've never seen some like this before. Like, they built a beach. That's like nicer than most resorts I've stayed at. Wow! I was like, can I stay here when you guys wrap the yeah. set? And like, it was just like the first like what welcome to the biz kid kind of moment for me. Uh, I can't believe it. I get to see like a poster. I mean, I'm very small on the poster, but I'm I'm on it. Yeah, yeah. You know absolutely. what I mean? It's 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 mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a it's a cool feeling, and uh, it's it's like first time my uncles are like uh, or like and my little cousins are excited about something I, I've done which is fun. PDD man I'm, I'm happy to see you. You look good. Thank you man. Sound good. good. To see you man. All's, all's well in the world of Pete Davidson. You as well Angela. Good to see you and um, we have history too. We actually started a music video together. Yeah oh fab fabulous <laughs> music video right? Fab Remember that's video. so funny. Yeah, I gotta look back at that. I think you were you there too? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the host. It was no. a game show. Yeah, it was me and Charlamagne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Is that, that video yeah, online yeah. somewhere? I don't yes. know. It was weird. I remember. It is. It is. Oh, well, I remember what I was know. the joke? It was like, oh, he takes me to Chipotle or so, something. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember what the song was, but every time I've seen Fab a couple times in, in uh -huh. passing, and he's been like, yeah. Yeah, all that <laughs> is gonna be super funny in five years. Yeah, we, we knew what I was looking at. Now. Guy code for a while. Guy code. I was looking at that. Remember that balls video? Oh, the balls. Yeah. Remember say it was shake your balls. What was it called? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> we did some weird. <laughs> some weird. Yeah. yeah. I was going. You know what? I'm gonna post that tomorrow. I was gonna post the video of uh, when you was on my old talk show. Oh, oh, with Juicy J? Yeah. yeah. And it had your mom talking to you all sexy. Oh, that, yeah, that was, oh, what a nightmare that was. That was awful. That was all set up. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I like this one. And it was my mom. <laughs> listen, life is good, man. I mean, listen, I, the, the, big, the biggest thing is I'm happy that we're in studio having a conversation. You know yeah. what I mean? I feel, that feels good. Yeah, it feels positive. It feels really we good. Ma we made it through 2020. Absolutely. So y'all make sure y'all check out Pete Davidson uh, Hit Job. When does Hit Job come out? Is it out? I think it's out. Or it's it, it, if it's, it's not out, it will be yeah. out within a week from whenever this is out. Yeah, so it's an yeah. Audible original. I'm sure it's free with your Audible membership. PDD, love you, brother. Thank you for coming, man. Love you, man. Thanks for having me. It's Thank the, you, Angela. It's The Breakfast Club. Put an end to junk sleep. Shop Mattress Firm's Black Friday sale and unjunk your sleep today. Save up to $500 on top-rated brands, plus pair the mattress of your dreams with a free adjustable base with qualifying purchase. See or visit a store for details. Make sure you tell them to watch out for Florida, man. Florida, man. The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. Yes, you are a donkey. 
a Florida man attacked an ATM for a very strange reason. It gave him too much money. Florida man is arrested after deputies say he rigged the door to his home in an attempt to electrocute his pregnant wife. Police arrested an Orlando man for attacking a flamingo. Breakfast club, bitches. Y'all the other day with Charlemagne the guy. I don't know why y'all keep letting him get y'all like this. Well, Donkey of the Day goes to a Florida man named Joseph Davis. Now, what does your Uncle Charlotte always say about the great state of Florida? The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida, and today is no exception. Now, if you know Joseph Davis, or Joseph, you are somewhere and you can hear my voice, just know that police have a warrant out for your arrest. I'm sure you know this already, and I hate to make you hot, but it is what it is, okay? Your life, our entertainment. Now, who out there is a re-gifter? Raise your hand. I am. I get so many things uh, that I'm appreciative of. People send me stuff all the time, clothes, sneakers, you know, liquor, games, all types of stuff. And I'm the type, I'm appreciative of it all. So, you know, I, 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 I thank you, but I don't need a lot. So I usually end up just giving away a lot of this stuff. For anyone who has ever sent me anything, don't take that personal. It makes my day to be able to make someone else's day uh, with a gift you gave me. So please continue to send me things to re-gift. Now, that's how I re-gift. But in Florida, they clearly re-gift different. See, in Florida, what someone re-gifts doesn't even have to be a gift they personally received. It just has to be a gift they acquired. Oh, trust me, many a child's life in Florida has been made better by stolen goods at Christmas. And I'm not here to knock your hustle. But oftentimes, it's not how you steal, it's what you steal. Okay, all stealing is not created equal. And 48-year-old Joseph Davis proved that. Now, follow me here. Okay, it gets a little complicated, just a tad bit. See, the reason Joseph Davis is getting donkey of the day today is because he stole an engagement ring and wedding bands from his girlfriend in Orange City and used them to propose to his other girlfriend in Orlando. What the Florida is going on here? Did you hear what I said? I said Joseph Davis, 48 years old, is getting the biggest hee-haw because he stole an engagement ring and wedding bands from his girlfriend in Orange City and used them to propose to his other girlfriend in Orlando. Let me give you details. See, police started investigating Joseph when a woman from Orange City, Florida, told detectives she had discovered her boyfriend was actually engaged to someone else. <gasps> when she looked up the fiancé's Facebook page, she noticed a photo of her wearing a wedding band and engagement ring that was identical to her own. I've seen that before, okay? It was her in wedding band and engagement ring from a previous marriage. When the Orange City woman checked her jewelry box, she found her rings were missing, as were several other pieces of jewelry, including a diamond ring that belonged to her grandmother. The total value of the stolen property, $6,270. The look on the fiance's face when she finds out how Joseph acquired this jewelry, priceless. Oh, you know Orange City reached out to Orlando. Girlfriend reached out to fiancé, or should I say Joe's ex-girlfriend and ex-fiancé. Oh, yeah, they both unfollowed him in real life, as they should after this debacle. She reached out, and according to sheriff reports, the now ex-fiancé bought back some of the items, not all. Now, let's take a break right here for a second. What did you like that much that you couldn't give all of her property back, just some the ex-fiance from Orlando is claiming she was duped, so I guess she needed to keep a little something for her pain and suffering. But it's not yours. Only in Florida can someone have access to your stolen goods and tell you they're going to give you some back. Now, this story also proves that being an F-boy is a choice. 
You have to make constant, intentional choices in order to maintain the level of F-boyism Joe has achieved. Now, keep in mind, he's 48. You know, so there's no such thing as growing out of F-boyism, okay? He goes by different names like Joe Brown and Marcus Brown. If you're telling women different names, absolutely F-boy behavior. Joe once took the fiancé, listen to this, Joe once took the fiancé to a house that actually belonged to his girlfriend from Orange City while the girlfriend was at work, and Joe claimed the house was his. He then asked the fiancé to move in with him, but then disappeared. Now, this is where I get confused because the story says by that time, the fiancé discovered her laptop and jewelry were missing. So I don't know if he stole from the fiancé, too. I don't know. I just know Joe's an F-boy. And my issue is this. If you don't plan to be with any of these women, why are you stealing jewelry from one to propose to the other if you don't plan on being with them? You stole her grandmother's diamond ring to give to another woman and you don't plan on being with any of them? And you're giving them other names? What's the point? Now, the story gets better. Neither the ex-girlfriend or ex-fiance knew Joe's real name. But they put their brains together, those two Florida brains, and remembered he had a relative in North Carolina. So detectives were able to track down a relative who identified Joe Davis. I'm going to be honest with you. Joe Davis kind of a legend. Give him a half a bomb. Just a half a bomb. Half. Stop. Okay? He's kind of a legend. First ballot F-boy Hall of Famer. And you have to let a legend be a legend, even if the legend is an F-boy. Joe Davis not only has an active warrant for stealing jewelry from his girlfriend and using it to propose to his other girlfriend, but Joe also has an active arrest warrant for a hit-and-run crash with injuries in Oregon. Oh, my God. And previously, he's been arrested for possession of a fake ID, filing a false police report, domestic assault, and possession of cocaine. Okay, I take back my legendary status. He's not a legend. He's just an F-boy. Okay. He had possession of cocaine with intent to sell. And according to the sheriff's office, the jail where Davis previously was booked noted he had a tattoo on his left arm that said, only God can judge me. The devil and that tattoo is a damn liar because, mm, as I sip my Starbucks, because only God can judge you is not true. We are all judging you right now. Are you judging him, Envy? Yes. Angela E., are you judging him? Yes. Yes. So that's a lie when you say only God can judge you. See, even when people say only God can judge you, I say to them, well, God created man and woman in his image according to his likeness. And we are that image and likeness of God. Therefore, we too shall judge and we too shall be the jury. And the jury has declared Joe Davis of Florida guilty of being a grade A certified F boy. Please give Joseph Davis of Volusia County the biggest he are. All right, we got more Don't Move. It's the best of The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. That's right. Kelly Price, welcome. Thank you. This How you nice. feeling? I'm, you know what? Great. Happy to be alive. I'm going to get you from Queens, New York. Yeah. Far Rockaway? Yeah. So some respect. Outside of Jamaica, Far Rockaway. Yeah. How, how the hell Edgeman did you project? make it out of Far Rockaway, Queens? <laughs> <laughs> we got put out. We were homeless. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, kind of rolling around and landed. But my grandfather's church was on the south side of Jamaica. So, like, those were my stomping grounds. I was between Far Rockaway and south side of Jamaica. And so, yeah, all day long. I'm, yeah. So Your family got evicted? Yeah. Yeah, we were homeless a lot. Really? Yeah. I was homeless probably for the last time right before I turned 18. Wow. 
times were crazy. My dad, um, he passed when I was nine, right before my 10th birthday, but he had a substance abuse problem. And so, you know, there was that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my mother trying to raise three girls in this city and on welfare and, you know, all of it. Did did you grow up in the church also? I did. Mm -hmm. My grandfather was my first pastor. And so we, I feel like I was in church nine days a week. When you're homeless, right, what gives you the audacity to hope? The audacity to dream. I'm, I'm going to tell you something, and it sounds crazy. It was my faith. It was this belief that as long as I do my part and I'm, I'm respectful about it, God has to make it happen for me. You know, mm-hmm. people, whether whether you put it out, like some people say what goes around comes around. If you mm-hmm. call it the universe, whatever it is, there are laws and principles in life, period, that if followed, they have to service you back. It's so easy to be bitter in a situation like that, yeah. though. Yeah, no, no. I I just wanted a better day. Mm-hmm. And then turning up pregnant at 18 years old, coming from this real sanctified family, I was like, okay, so now what you going to do? Because you're getting ready to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'm sleeping in the downstairs level of my grandparents' house. I don't want to tell them that I'm pregnant. So all of this is happening. And the Mariah Carey gig happened, like, early in my pregnancy. Did the family push you away? Off. Did they push you away because they so into the church, so about values, that they say, you know what, we don't want you here? Mm-mm. No, no. I have to honestly say that as strict as that upbringing was, I have to say my grandparents, they weren't happy about it, but they embraced me. They didn't make me feel like I was dirty. They were transformative for me in that they were the catalyst to having me think another way about what I'd been hearing in church. Your grandparents gave you something that um, that you named your new album after, Grace. yeah. yeah. Grace. Yeah. And, and I always say, you know, like I was going to ask you, when is the time that you needed grace? But you yeah. you, you answered it. Yeah. I've needed yeah. grace a lot in my life. And we all do. Every time I've talked about this project, when people ask me, I say, I think the problem is, is that we as humans, we really can do better about extending grace to other people. Yes, man. Most of the time we don't realize how important grace is until we need it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I have a, a U-verse reading plan that's coming out, I think in about two weeks, on the subject of grace. Mm -hmm. And I broke the word down um, into an acronym. Um, Grace is a gift. It's the gift of giving, responsibility, accountability of yourself, and to expect accountability of other people, Mm -hmm. but with compassion and empathy. Ooh, I love that. That's real grace. Because at some point when you need it, that's that's what you're going to want. Why doesn't this era give more grace? You know, cancel culture is the is the polar opposite of grace. Yes. Everybody's screaming cancel, 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 but you're not going to want to hear cancel when it's time to cancel you. That's right. <laughs> so did you watch Versus? Because I know, obviously, Izzy Brothers played a really important role in your career. So what did you think of okay. the Versus? So I haven't seen it all the way through because I literally went to bed early. So I started <laughs> watching some of it, and I want to see the rest of it. So everybody was like, you got to pick one. You got to pick one. I'm like, but I love them both. Mm-hmm. Having to pick one, of course I'm going to say yeah, you're bi- you're no like, biased. I'm super yeah. biased. You can't ask me. Mm-hmm. Like, the dude, literally, when everybody was telling me I was too fat, too black, and too loud to make a record, he was like, you could be 1,200 pounds in blue. Who wouldn't buy that voice? I was wow. like... Tell that to everybody else in the business. Like, I'm the chick they hiding in the room with a microphone. Like, yeah, that's so gonna... hard because you were talking, and you've spoken on this before, how when you were about to get a record deal, they had an issue with your weight. Yeah, and they said the, you had the to, you actually, they actually sat you down and told you you had to lose weight in order for them to be able to sign you. Was that yeah. with Def Jam? No, it was um, Jive. <laughs> a bunch of Jive-ass turkeys over there. They, they, they didn't know what the hell they were talking about. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Do you think <laughs> they wait till signing day? We hadn't been negotiating mm-hmm. for months. And I came into the city to sign that day, and they told me to stop by the offices before I went to my attorney to and sign that was your first paperwork. deal? That was the first deal. And so um, it, 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 I was choked up, but I was like, you did not cry sitting in this. I was sitting with the head of every department in the conference room. And the, I said, I just have one question. Who gets to say when it's enough? So what did they say? Like in the meeting, they would say, hey, we're going to sign this deal, but... Uh... So we had been in negotiations the copy, the execution copy was in my attorney's office at that time. Mm-hmm. I got a call from my lawyer saying, go by the Jive offices before you come to sign. They say they need to meet with you about something. Best call I could have ever received. Because had I signed the paperwork first, I would have been locked into something right. and possibly sat on a shelf. Oh, so you turned the deal down? Yeah, I did. I oh, wow. Away. I walked away. See, that's real faith right there. Yeah. Yeah. I walked away. Now, was that after More Money, More Problems? After all that the stuff? Was, that was right before it. How, yeah, well, how do they say that to you? Um, I walk in, I sit down, and there's awkward silence. And so, you know, I'm like, hey, hi, everybody. It's supposed to be a great um, day. I'm right. signing. Yeah, happy. I'm all excited. I'm like, hey, the team, the team's yeah, the teams, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about, you know, yeah, they want, we want to know who you want to work with. And okay. Um, and then awkward silence. And so, Jeff Finster. Is his name Jeff Finster? I'm glad you called um, names. I remember I, that I, name. Listen, I'm 48 and I've been doing this for 30 years. That's right. <laughs> I earned the right to call <laughs> That's names. Right. That's right. Um, That's right. Um, uh, says, you know, why don't we just go ahead and say it? It's, you know, let's just say it. And I'm like, say what? He says, listen, we're going to need you to lose a significant amount of weight Mm-mm. before we put this record out. So my eyes, I'm like a deer in headlights in this moment. And so I say, hmm, okay. How much weight? Like, do you want me Whitney Houston thin? Do you want me? Because, like, I, I come from a family where the women women are, you know, whether mm-hmm. they're bigger or smaller, they're still, they're thick. Mm-hmm. Who gets to decide how much is enough? And no one knew. And nobody knew. And I said, okay, well, then the question is, if I get to a place where I'm feeling okay about it and you don't, what happens to the record? Mm-hmm. And the answer was, we don't know. Wow. Well, you see what happened to Jeff Finster. So what happened to him? Know. Well, he was he went over to another label. Allegedly, he was let go because of sexual misconduct with a former employee. Mm. Wow. Mm. It yeah. felt like you know when I was doing mixtapes, everybody knew your name, yeah. right? Because you had vocals, you were singing over everything. But it felt like the world was hiding you, didn't want to see you. Even in the More Money, More Problems video, it was like the little screen, you see your little face in there. <laughs> you see my head, you I see was the first bobblehead right? inside here. So, how did that feel? Because you knew you could sing. You knew you could outsing most of the people that were out there, but it felt like everybody didn't want to show you. You know, it was interesting. I was just grateful I was asked to be in the video because other people weren't putting me in the video. I've been Martha washed. like, And when I say that, I mean having written for people and then I would go demo the record. The artist is supposed to go in and sing their own music. I can remember riding down the street and hearing the song start and I'm like, oh, it's out. But I'm hearing me. Mm, mm. And I'm like, wow. You said Martha washed. Was, was... As, as in like they, sometimes the labels would leave my vocals on, but it was their artist. And they wouldn't show. Is that somebody that, that happened to? Mm-hmm. So um, that what happened with you? You're driving down, you're hearing a song on the radio and then all of a sudden you're like, yo, this is my voice. Yeah, I was shocked. Sometimes they would come back and say, well, we want to keep your background vocals. That was common. But to hear the record and to hear that in the verses, I'm hearing my voice laced in between, like, and I can hear the punches. 
my ear is fine-tuned. And you know what I mean when mm-hmm. I say I can hear where they punched, the engineer punched me in and then popped her back in. Who that happened with? Uh, Tasha Holiday, And she wouldn't have known that that was what was happening. That's mm-hmm. a call that was over her head. Yeah. She right. had just gotten signed. Somebody at the label said, we don't like it. Fix it up. All right, we got more with Kelly Price. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking in with Kelly Price. Yee. Now, during this time when all this is happening, were you married already? I, I got married very early. I right. ended up marrying uh, my baby's dad. Okay. That was that. Now, that was the thing that I should have probably tried to escape. But, you know, growing up the way we did, like, for me, you know, back then it was like, you got pregnant, you get married. Was it, there, was it good at first? In retrospect, no. It, there, it was never good. It was just what was supposed to be done. Right. And I think that that's a mistake. Like, I don't think you tell somebody, if you're in this position, you need to get married. Because y'all might not need to be together. Right. right. You feel so, like that was the godly thing to do? Uh, of the oh, Bible? That, that's what the church taught. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you get the strength to finally leave that <sighs> marriage? Because that took a while. It took a long time. And, how long we and had it took a lot of... It, it was... It was like 25 years? Or yeah. Wow. A, a lot of hurt, a lot of mistrust, a lot of outside kids. <laughs> oh, damn. Um, and he was your manager? Yeah. Wow. Jesus, so you was intertwined personally was and professionally. Personally and professionally. Like, leaving, I had to rebuild my life. Mm. What was the last straw? What was the, the thing that was like, I'm not, I can't do this anymore? I had a dream, and I saw everything around me burning and mm. being destroyed. And then I saw myself, and I looked really sickly. And then I saw, like, the end of my life. And this was literally a year after my baby sister died. I, that was a rough year for me. What happened with your baby sister? Um, my baby sister um, had a drug issue, and her body was just over it. One by one, her organs started to shut down. And so um, she passed on Easter Sunday in 2014. Wow. Um, and between Damn, that's your birthday. Yeah. And my grandfather passed on Easter Sunday last year. So oh, this goodness. year for Yikes. me, it was important to refocus and try to reposition this time of the year. Right. Between that time, from the time that she died and that time where I had this dream, pretty much, I packed on probably about 75, 80 pounds. I was drinking very heavily every day, going and doing my shows, knocking them out, getting back to the hotel, and drinking until I passed out. Mm. It was a crazy year. And I looked at myself in the mirror on my way to do a show in Chicago. And I broke down crying. I looked at myself. I was like, like, what happened to you? And I said, okay, God, if you give me the strength to get myself together, to pull my life back together, I'll do it. And I had no idea where I was going to go. The kids were grown, though. The least. kids were grown. Yeah, so the that's kids a relief. Were grown. And that, that was the biggest relief for me. I didn't want to blow their life up. You think that's a mistake, too, people who stay together for the kids? Yeah, I think it's worse for kids to see toxic parents like that. Did they ever talk to you about that? I thought I was shielding them from it. And what I didn't learn until they became adults and came back and had conversations with me about it is that, I mean, they they saw things, but they were kind of like sat in the middle of things. I called myself trying to shield it from them. Their father had a very different approach. One of the kids said to me, that their father told them, you know, if you tell your mother, she's going to have a nervous breakdown. She can't handle it. So he kind of dumped the weight of that on them. And literally, I didn't know this until, again, they were grown, they were out of the house. 
um, and they felt comfortable enough to come and say something to me about it. Because they so, probably were processing their own traumas. Yeah. And how that how yeah. that impacted them when they was kids. Yeah. That that angered that angered me. It angered me so much. And so to to what you're saying, no, there's no such thing as staying together for the kids. Mm. You. The way to keep it together is if you're not working, separate. Because what that becomes is what they see as mm -hmm. normal. It's a trauma bond. Trauma bonds cause trauma. Yeah. To everybody who sees them. Yeah. Now, did did you? I know your husband didn't just let you go easily. I know he was probably furious. He was, but it wasn't his choice. Mm -hmm. Right. He had the opportunity to hire, you know, whoever he needed to hire to try to do whatever he needed to do, and mm -hmm. you know, I was prepared for it. I was the breadwinner in the family, so. I was gripping myself mm -hmm. for what was to happen, you know, if it was devastating financially they or didn't whatever. Fight you at all. Did not. He did not. That was a miracle. I actually was gearing up for a fight. I wanted to go back to your meeting with Jive, right? Like mm -hmm. psychologically, what happens to you when somebody tells you that you're too big? Like what 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 was your mind state moving forward after that meeting? It, it messed with my head. I had heard it said, like I'd heard whispers of it. True story. At Daddy's house working on a record for a group that was signed to Motown. What was their name? Group that was signed to Motown. Puff was producing the record. I was there um, as the vocal producer, and I was there cutting the song on the guys. And so I wanted to make a change lyrically to something. So I told them, y'all take a break. Um, I went and sat in a corner, like behind one of those folding things inside of the, the room where the microphone was, sat on the floor with my pen and pad, and I hear the guys walking in the hallway outside the room then they come into the room and they're having a whole conversation and just out of nowhere the conversation turns to yo did you get a look at her yo she she looks like a fat a nell carter oh god and so but i'm and i'm in the corner and so i'm like dang so they walk out the room, they're in the hallway, they're in the hallway, and I'm sitting, in, I don't want to have that awkward moment of walking out of the room and going past them. Mm. But they won't leave. And I'm like, okay, you got you on the clock, you got to get the session going. So I pulled it together, walked out the door, and walked past them, and they're looking like, I went back into the control room, they came into the control room, Miss um, Kelly, can we have a word with you? I said, no, we have work to do, we should just go ahead and finish the record. Wow. Wow. That group ever pop? Nope. <laughs> so I did get an apology from one of the... I, I swear to God, I was walking through an airport and this guy was trying to stop me. And he was like, remember me? I'm like, no, I don't. Just tell me where I know you from. And he told me, he said, well, remember when you did that song for the group and blah, blah? He said, we were idiots. We were blah, blah, blah. Yada, and I'm, I'm like, well, what you got going on right now? He's like, no, we're still trying to figure it out. And I'm, But I'm, you know, this is years later. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you. You popping your Yeah. So what, yeah. what was your next deal at after that? Because you threw the job um, deal away. Through the, yeah, through the job deal away. Because made so much music okay, and so, everything. <laughs> true story. He did put an offer on the table. And I said, no. <laughs> He it started. It, so there was a bit of a bidding war that did happen. It ended up being between MCA, Diddy had paperwork on the table, and Def Jam. and then uh, it wasn't Def Jam. It nope. ended up being Ronald Isley, mm -hmm. who I met because of Puff. I, I was in the studio working on a track that he was doing for Aaliyah. Finished it. Um, I'm on my way out. He was on his way in. He was like, where you going? I'm like, home. I'm done. He's like, no, I need you to stay. I got something popping. Like, I'm like, okay, what you got? He said, the Isley Brothers. I'm like, dope. Mm -hmm. He was like, okay, so I need you to write it. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. I said, well, when does it need to be done? He said, like, right now. I said, right now? He said, he's here. He's leaving his hotel on his way to the studio right now. Well, you have to 
kidding me. You have to be kidding. He was like, no. And that so, was Diddy talking to you. So yeah. So big ups to New York traffic. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it took him about 45 minutes to get to the hotel, to the to the studio from the hotel, um, which was enough time for me to, to pin something what song before was it? He, Floating on Your Love. Wow. Their, their first one back. Wow. Mm-hmm. So so wow. what deal did you take at that time? Because you Diddy gave you offer the deal. Mm-hmm. You had Ron Isley offer the deal that already said he doesn't care what you weigh, what you look like, your voice is amazing. And where did you decide to go from there? Um, I ended up being with Ronald. He had the least amount of money on the table. I know Puff was mad at you. Yeah, he wasn't too happy you, about that. The one. guy that I introduced you to, you signed with. He felt he felt a way about it. He, but I and I said to him, I said, I need you to understand. I'm I'm thinking like from business at this point. I told him, I said, Faith and I are not the same, but we are too similar. Mm. One of us is not going to make it here, mm-hmm. and she's already here, so I wouldn't assume that I would be the priority. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, Puff probably wanted all your publishing. That too. Yeah. You did deal with a lot in 2020. You know, you lost your your mom. My mother, my grandfather. grandfather. Condolences Um, to you for that, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm sure you're still Um, in the process of of healing. mm -hmm. What does that process look like to you? Uh, The Grace Project. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It ultimately was the thing that kept me, I feel like, from probably going over the edge at the end of the year. Mm. School friends, church friends, to the tune of about 15 or more people lost in my life last year. Did you even get to see your mom last year? No. Wow. In the casket. Wow. Wow. When you um when you recorded the album, was you know, they always say sometimes when you're trying to stay busy, it's a response to the trauma you're not dealing with. Did right. you actually want to work or was it a trauma response? Um, a little of both. But necessary. Necessary because Therapy. I had been in the house all year. But yes. It was a trauma response, but that has always been my go-to. Mm-hmm. When I was a young kid, I can remember just like finding a pad and a pencil and just doodling whatever was coming out of my head, whatever was going on. Have you given yourself time to grieve? Not enough, because following death are things that have to be done, things that need to be put in place if they're not already in place. If there's not a directive left, then you you know the family's kind of stuck trying to put things together. And so I absolutely have not had enough time. to, And I feel that sometimes when I feel that day coming on, I, I allow myself to have that moment. Mm-hmm. The, the blows from last year, I think God will teach me how to live with them. I don't I, I have to honestly say being filled with faith. I don't know that those are things that you ever get over. Right. Mm-hmm. But you learn how to continue to live with them and process them. And eventually you get to a place where the thought of it doesn't make you cry. You can smile and go, dang, I miss them. Yo, please protect your mental health. That's yeah. what I would tell you. Oh, absolutely. You know I believe in God, but I got a therapist too. I, I do too. I do too. I, listen, I promise you, I think that God gave us doctors for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually got a referral very recently to go to somebody. So, That's yeah. great. I, I remember when you first got divorced, you were saying how difficult it is dating because you had never really dated. No. no. So how is it now? It's been some years. <sighs> Jesus, I don't like dating life in the 21st century. It's whack. And men are groupies too. They might be you Kelly Price. You don't know who oh wants you God. for you or just because you Kelly Price. Yeah, I, I didn't like it. I'm off the market. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off the market. Oh, thank you, God. I'm off the market. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, um, and happily so. so. A lot of them young oh, yeah, you're engaged now, right? You. I think I saw that somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it, it was, it, dating was icky. The very first date that I went on, 
I laugh at it now, but I was traumatized after that date. I thought the date went well. I got home. I went out to dinner, had great conversation, had a great glass of wine. I'm like, okay, it's cool. I drove my own car. I didn't want to get picked up. I don't Mm -hmm. need you to know where I live in case you're crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And like two hours after I got home, ding, I look in the phone and I'm like, whoa, really? He sent a penis picture? Oh, yes. Girl. Oh, yes. I was like. That must have been great. (laughs) Wait a second. No context, no nothing. No. It's all my shaft. What is, did you respond or say anything? I was like, like what? what? I was like, what the hell? What, the? what did y'all talk about at dinner? <laughs> oh, you trying to blame her? Had, no, I thought we had really good, grown, intelligent conversation. Now, did you reply at all? What the hell? Right. What the, that's but that could be got? taken out of context, though. Like that could be like, what the hell? Oh, the yeah, biggest yeah, thing no, I've ever seen. Like, what no, no, it, it couldn't have been taken out that's of context reply, once though. they were blocked, though. Like, oh, okay, I'm just, gotcha. you know, who I was, does that? That's so I, no, that's crazy. <laughs> was it from the up angle or underneath? Come on, me. <laughs> what? Come on, me. That's, good been, at this. that's been about six years. <laughs> hey, give him some grace. The grace, the grace was he didn't catch a tongue lash. I'm talking about it. Not that tongue. Not that one. I could have, yeah, I could have picked my words better. You have a vocabulary, sweetie. Use it. So, can you finish your thought on 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 why this era doesn't give grace earlier? You got cut off a little bit. You know. I think that we are living in a time where everything is so right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. And if you can't get it, then this person can. And if this person can't, then that one can. And I think it's beyond microwave mentality. Mm-hmm. For for I think the 2000s, early 2000s, 90s, whatever, that was microwave mentality. This is something else. This is like astro rocket juice. What like every the attention when you're talking about 15 second videos Mm-hmm. And that's the height of somebody's day. Like, we want quick thrills. We have less of an attention span. Mm-hmm. We're becoming harder to please. We want more, 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 more dumbed down. And I think it has everything to do with that. I think it has everything to do with people not learning that process is necessary. Mm-hmm. And so, in all fairness to them, God help them. They don't. They don't extend grace to others, but they really don't know how to extend grace to themselves. Mm. When you look at people who have that kind of a mentality, there's also a lot of self-destructiveness there, too. Mm. And I realized that about myself. I can forgive somebody else. I had a hard time forgiving myself. Mm. When I really sat down and thought about, you could have did this differently. You could have did that differently. Like, like, your kids are grown now, but you're listening to them tell you how this affected them and why this and why that and why. You could have stopped that. That was a huge thing for me Mm. to feel like in doing what I thought was the best for them. It wasn't. No. And, and sits like literally at the center of the places where they question themselves, question relationships, have trust, you know, issues. I'm like, you could have, you could have did something about that. Grace, forgiveness. It's as important for us to know how to be that to ourselves because you can't really do it for somebody else if you haven't practiced it. And people do tend to be hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. But we also live in a society where the beauty that we see being put in front of us doesn't even exist. To allow our culture to be infiltrated and then dictated to what our beauty is supposed to be, to watch our people deconstruct their bodies, to only go back and build it back up to be a not authentic version of what you were already given 
we let people get in our heads and tell us your lips are too thick, your noses are too wide, you know, your booty is too big, your this is too that, and we drank the Kool-Aid. Mm. And now like we're watching song them. just now. Yeah, that you could write. Now there's yeah. so many bars because yeah. it's just like you're right. You, we're creating this unattainable bar of perfection. Unrealistic. Yeah. You can't even get to that. It's impossible. <clears throat> but you got to get. And then when you make mistakes, we're not giving nobody any grace. So it's just like, how do you grow and evolve? Like my whole life, yeah. I was taught about growth and evolution. Yes. The people I gravitated towards, whether it's Malcolm X, Maya Angelou, whoever it was, yes, because they evolved and they grew and we saw it. But yes. now it's like, nope, you're not allowed to make any mistakes. I'm like, how do you live like that? Yeah, that's not human. That's why you got to filter out the noise. And at some point, just silence everything. Learning how to be still and center yourself is one of the best things that anybody can do for themselves. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm not even saying this to try to be funny. Listen to all the voices in your head That's and right. figure out which one is telling you the right thing. Absolutely. Go ahead, Kevin yeah. Price. Kelly Price. Well, let's let's get into a record right now. Yes. What, what record you want to play? I want to play. I want to thank you. Okay. Let's do it. Let's, let's get do into it. it right let's do now. it. I love well, it. We appreciate you for joining us. Thank you. I want to thank you, Kelly. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate I think this project you so much. Is, this thank you, Kelly Price. Thank you for having me. Because we definitely need more grace, grace in this world. So thank you for coming and thank sharing you. your story. And thank I know somebody's going to be inspired by I your testimony. So. Right. I hope so. Well, it's Kelly Price. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. For nearly 60 years of quality coverage, make the right call and go with The General. Call 800-GENERAL or go to thegeneral.com to get a hassle-free quote today. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Some restrictions apply. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line right now, Robert Green. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Robert, what's up, my man? You know you're one of my favorite authors. What's happening? Oh, uh, not much. What's going on with you? Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. What's this book about, Robert? The new book? Yeah. The book I'm writing about is what I'm talking about, what I call the sublime. I discuss it a little bit in in the Laws of Human Nature, the last chapter about confronting your own mortality, confronting the fact that your, your days are numbered and how you deal with it and how you can kind of turn kind of worst aspect of being alive into something actually very beautiful and so i'm kind of creating a new philosophy a new way of looking at the world it's i hate to use the word it's a book that's a little more spiritual than my other books if you will Um, but it's something that I've, i've been wanting to write for many years and then recently you know with my stroke with nearly dying coming very very close to dying it kind of changed me in some ways so it's that's sort of basically what the new book is. Well, no, why do you, why do you not like to use words like spiritual, Robert? I love words like spiritual. I think this book is is spiritual, but in a very practical sense. I want to ch- sort of literally change how you look at the world around you and see that it's actually intensely, awesomely beautiful to be alive, and it's something that we don't think about and how incredible it is to live in the world that we live in which I think most people are just kind of walking around sleepwalking. So um, it's spiritual in that sense, you know. Is that like live every day like it's your last? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, I have a feeling when, when the stroke happened, like I was actually dying. I could feel it in my bones that my life was passing and that things were kind of melting from the inside. And then when you have that feeling, it kind of makes you think how insane it is to actually be alive. It kind of reconnects you to a very primal way of, of thinking about your, your body and about your, your just consciousness. That's so interesting, man, because, you know, I, I've been in a car wreck before. I've had a gun pointed at me. And after the fact, you think wow. to yourself, oh, I could have died. But you said you actually yeah. felt the feeling of life slipping away. Yes, I did. I mean, I was going into a coma. I mean, I was driving my car when it happened and my, my girlfriend was with me and she just told me to she ordered me to pull over. And then I kind of slipped into a coma. And as I was slipping into the coma, I had this very strange feeling kind of going through my body. And then, you know, I was asleep for uh, in a coma for a couple hours as they operated on me. And I also had kind of some weird visions as they were operating on me and I came out of the coma. But it was a feeling literally of like your bones kind of melting from the inside that life was sort of draining out of you. And then every now and then that feeling will return to me in just odd moments, just kind of in a flash. Wow. More often earlier on, but, but still a little bit now. Wow. You know, I've made this uh, I've made this a part of my daily repertoire. I, I, I read uh -huh. these with all my affirmations. You know, today was all about uh, integrating, uh, uh, integrating the shadow work, like leaning into your shadow work. Yeah, integrate right, right. the shadow side. So that comes from the right. laws of human nature, you know, confronting your dark side. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so, so the shadow work is something that I'm um, very interested in. When you talk about the shadow side, what do you mean? Well, I mean that everybody has a dark side to them. And I mean everybody, single human being. And what that is, is when you were a child, when you were two years old, three years old, you were like a complete human being. You had all of these emotions. Some of them were very positive and loving, but also some of them were very negative and very aggressive. So you had this kind of aggressive nature and then slowly as you get older, you have to kind of tamp down the rough edges of your personality. You have to learn how to get along with people. And kind of this part of you that's very much active, and it was very much a part of you when you were a child, gets tamped down and repressed, and it becomes your dark side. And then if you, com if you completely ignore it, if you repress it so deeply, it will come out later in life in things that you in behavior that suddenly comes over you that you don't know why it happened you know you get angry at someone you yell you get even a little bit aggressive and then like a couple hours later you go what came over me what was that that was almost like somebody else inhabited my body but in fact the shadow says that is exactly <laughs> who you are you've been trying to hide it for so many years and it leaks out in your behavior and the point of the chapter is to make you confront it to make you look at your dark side, to make you look at your aggressive, ambitious impulses, your slightly, sometimes antisocial tendencies, and, and just simply look at it and find a way to integrate it into your personality in a positive way. What, 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 what inspired you to become so involved in theories of like power, persuasion, and seduction, Robert? Well, Sean, I mean, the truth is, um, when I first was contemplating the book, I was kind of a little bit angry um, in the sense that I had had many, many different jobs prior to writing books. And my experience of the work world was that there were a lot of people 
who were extremely manipulative in this environment, very political, a lot of egos going on. And it seems like this is kind of a natural aspect of the human being, that people want power. They want a sense of control in their life. They want to be recognized by others. And they will almost do anything they can to get it. And I witnessed a lot of this stuff going on, particularly in Hollywood, and nobody was writing about it. I wanted to write the book that I felt I wanted to read that nobody else out there was writing and kind of show the dynamics that go on that make people who are powerful, the kind of laws that they abide by so that I could help the little guy out there like myself, people who are generally naive because I was quite naive navigate some of these very difficult political environments. You know, how do you navigate in a world like that? And I know you've spoken about identifying toxic people and making sure that your radar is good, but sometimes you can identify them, but then you still have to deal with them, like you just said, in some way. How does that work? Well, the most important thing in dealing with really toxic people is to first recognize them, as you say, and then if you have to work, deal with them on a day, like they're your boss, you have to learn to control your emotions. Because what toxic people do, they learn to play on your emotions and get you angry and get you upset and get you and get you to be thinking about them all of the time. And in that, in, in that relationship, you are the weak person and they're the strong one. They know how to continually pull your strings. They can be like a, a narcissist can be very, very passive aggressive. They always make it you feel like you are the one to blame for some kind of problem when they're the ones instigating. So a degree of detachment, the ability to, to, to stand back and not get involved in their emotional games and tell yourself, you know, I'm not gonna, uh, this, this person is trying to manipulate me. I'm not gonna let them enter my mental space. They can do whatever they want. As long as I have some self-control, as long as I remain true to myself and I recognize what's going on, I'm not losing power in this dynamic. So that's, I think, the key thing is to be able to step back and have some emotional distance from them. I, I love when you talk about um, uh, ch change is law and how you talk about you're not tied to a particular position. Your loyalty is not to a career or company. You are committed to your life's task to give it full expression. Can you, can you expound on that? Yeah, well, your goal in life, what I call your life's task, is to realize what makes you different, what makes you unique. And so the problem in the world today is a lot of people are running away from what makes them different, what makes them unique. And they lose this contact with what separates them. And so that's what you want to be loyal to. The goal isn't to make a lot of money right away or you know, to be in a hurry to make a lot of money and fame. The goal is to discover what it is that you were destined to create. Wow. We appreciate you for joining us this morning. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Charlamagne, you got a positive note for the people? Well, the positive note of the day is simply this. Uh, remember that you asked for growth. Don't be surprised when life challenges the F out of you, okay? The price of growth is pain. Thank God for it all. Breakfast club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?